Our guest today shared her first novel on Wattpad when she was just 15 years old. This novel reached 19 million reads. It won a Wattie Award for the most popular teen fiction in 2012, and then was published by Penguin Random House in 2013. Her book, The Kissing Booth, was then taken on by Netflix in 2016, released in 2018, and absolutely storming the world with its success. When it was released, it was ranked by IMDb as the fourth most watched film out after only Deadpool, Star Wars and Avengers. And Netflix, who don't often release statistics, say that The Kissing Booth was their most re-watched film of 2018. Behind it all was the author who we have on the show today. So welcome to none other than Beth Recalls. Beth, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. That all sounds so, so much more when you put it all together like that than it feels. It's been an amazing, incredible journey. Um, and I was speaking to Taryn Matharu on another episode and I, and I ended with who should we have on? Have on, And yours was the first name he said. <laughs> and, and, and I feel like your journey on, what, on Wattpad has just been absolutely amazing. So I'm excited to get into it and, and talk about it. But we have some pretty cool news because The Kissing Booth 2, your new book, Going the yeah. Distance, that's out right now. Yeah, that's right. And also we have a Kissing Booth novella, which is coming out for World Book Day on March 1st. Uh, March 5th, but yes. Amazing. So there's more and more happening in kind of like the the kissing booth world. Yeah, I just I I actually got all the copies of the books out uh, yesterday. So the kissing booth, uh, the kissing booth two, the kissing booth road trip, and um, I, I I'm going to say the beach house. But what I did was I called up the picture of the cover on my iPad to put it next to them because it's only an ebook, and just seeing all four of them kind of together physically like laid out on my bed or on the sofa was really weird for me because you know me 10 years ago would never have believed I could even like write a book let alone you know publish a series like this and are there going to be more books in the kissing booth series I've I've not got any planned at the minute but I guess never say never (laughs) we'll see how things go and I, I feel like it has been this whirlwind two years um Definitely. Eight books you were working on in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Five books you've got planned in 2020. I, at the last time I counted, yes. Um, <laughs> I think that's subject to change. It was, I think at the start of 2019, it was only like three books I was working on and it ended up being eight by the end of December. So who knows for 2020. And, and Beth, you still have a job that you do during the day as well, right? Yeah, I have the really glamorous role of IT service manager at an energy company, which is kind of my nine to five job. Um, and I I mean, I've, I've always wanted to kind of do some kind of office based IT related job while I was growing up. And I really like my job. Um, I know I made the joke about it being, you know, glamorous and whatever, but I enjoy it and it's what I would like to do. So, yeah, for as long as that works alongside the writing, I'm going to keep doing both. And I've I've read your blog, and for everyone listening, uh, 
Beth's website is absolutely amazing. So definitely log on and see all the info she has there at www.authorbethrecalls.com. But um, could you share with the listeners a little bit about your writing routine? Because it is really, really inspiring the way that you've kept this job and been so prolific as well. I think the thing for me is just knowing that I'm a serial procrastinator. So for instance, if I get in from work and I sit on the sofa, I am not getting up from the sofa until it is like I have a lamp on timer in my living room. And that goes off when it's kind of, okay, you need to go to bed now, Beth. And I kind of, I, I know that I will just sit on the sofa until that lamp goes off. If I don't do everything as soon as I get home from work. So whether it's grocery shopping or chores or like calling my family to speak to them or cooking dinner, I do that all as soon as I get in. And then I've got the rest of the evening to myself, whether that's to watch a movie or to write. Um, um, when I have deadlines, um, you know, I try and set myself goals, like, you know, reach this page in the edits or get through 20 chapters this weekend or hit this word count tonight. Um, and then that kind of leads me to my other big thing, which is, having deadlines so being a serial procrastinator I won't do it until it needs to be done so I try and tell my agent or my editor what my deadlines are or ask them to give me deadlines so that I make sure that everything gets done which is probably how I ended up working on eight books last year because I kept saying no you need to tell me when you need this or you're not going to get it at all Um, and then like one of the books I was working on my editor had turned around and said actually we could do this we could do with having this early October and she told me this at the start of September and I thought oh actually that's that's no good because I've got another book to work on this month so how about mid-November that seems realistic to write this entire manuscript and I ended up doing it within five weeks and afterwards I said to my agent don't ever let me do that again but let's just keep a record of the fact that I can if I need to um yeah, I think it's been, like you said, it's a whirlwind couple of years. And I've also sort of moved out from home and got a day job, things like that. So for me, it's been a lot about understanding how I work, you know, being a procrastinator and needing those deadlines. And then um, kind of balancing that with the rest of my life and figuring out when I'm most productive and how to make the most of that. I, I think that's definitely, yeah, it's... Um it's it's really case as you grow older you start to know yourself much better and you know when you're at your best um i i'm someone that has to write when i wake up if it's not getting done (laughs) as soon as i wake up it's not getting done at all um but i think you're a little bit more of a night owl right i'm definitely a night owl yeah i I will not get up a minute earlier than i need to in the mornings (laughs) So you're not part of the uh, 5 a.m. club? Absolutely not. That is, I mean, I kind of think I would like to be, but then I remember that I really like to sleep. So I think I'm probably more of a right till 12 a.m. club. (laughs) So, Beth, I want us to uh, explore a little bit of of the journey, because I think people will Mm -hmm. love hearing this. Um, So from the research... I love talking about it. (laughs) The, the the research I've done, you were waiting for a bus and a friend said to you, hey, I've been reading this book. And she was reading a book on a site called Wattpad, right? 
This is disturbingly accurate, but yes, that is exactly how it happened. Con- continue the story from there. Um, well, she told me all about this book she was reading, and I thought, this sounds great. This sounds like exactly the kind of book I would like to read. So as to what it was called um, and where I could find it, and she explained then it wasn't a physical book. I couldn't get it off Amazon or in Waterstones or anything like that. It was on a site called Wattpad. So obviously the first thing I do when I get home is call up Wattpad. I search for the story. It was um, Jordan Lynn's A Prescriptive Relationship. So I got to meet Jordan at WhatCon, was it 2018, um, in New York. And I just kind of freaked out when I saw her. And she was talking to me like, like you know, we were friends, which that's the kind of community that Wattpad creates. But I just thought like, oh my God, I admired you like right from the off. You were the first story that I found on Wattpad this is crazy. I never, like, I dreamed of this day when I was 15. Um, and I, I'd been writing stories since forever. So I decided to share one on Wattpad after a couple of months of reading on there. And then I kind of, that was my first year on Wattpad called Heels Overhead. And it built me up a small, um, well, it's, it, I want to call it a small audience. It was pretty big at the time, especially for me, it was a thousand people or so. Um, and then I started posting the kissing booth and that was just when it really took off. And, you know, I'd have hundreds, thousands of comments on individual chapters over a couple of days, at which point I thought, oh, OK, this, maybe people like this. <laughs> Amazing. And this was happening um, while you were, this started when you were doing your GCSEs, right? Um, yeah. Kissing booth took off uh, we talk about it and the numbers are, are out there and quoted 19 million reads um, and it won a Wattpad award um, for most popular teen fiction story yeah. as well. Uh, what was it like kind of getting that recognition from a, a third party? I am pretty sure that I cried. Um, but so the, the big thing for me was because I hadn't told anyone in real life that I was writing stories for so long. Like, um, my parents gave me an old laptop to do writing on when I was, st- oh, they gave me an old laptop to do homework on when I started school, I was about um, 12, 11, and I used it to write stories, but I would tell them, no, I'm just on Facebook. And then, you know, I could start, when I started writing on Wattpad and I kind of built up enough courage to say one night, oh, I'm just posting a chapter of my book on Wattpad. And they were like, what's that? Is that like safe? Okay, carry on. And I'd say, I'd sit there spitting numbers at them saying, oh, it's got 10,000 reads. It's got 50,000 reads. It's got 250,000 reads. It was only when I started going into the millions that they were like, that's, I mean, that's a lot. Is, does that mean you're quite good at this? <laughs> Or, do, you know, is that just kind of standard for people on the site? You know, they didn't have anything to compare to. So um, neither did my friends at school when I started to tell them. So when I could say, like, readers have voted my book as the most popular uh, the most popular book on the entire site for this year, people could say, like, wow, that's, that's a big deal. And I was like, yes, it feels like a big deal. And that's something that I kind of could demonstrate offline as well. Massively. It is the case where... I think as many writers, we we're almost struggling with self-confidence. So many writers Absolutely. struggle with this. Um, I, I run a writing group and one of the people there has written four books. And I was like, what have you, have you done anything with them? Are you thinking about posting them? She was like, I just couldn't, I can't, 
I would be terrified of someone else reading it. Oh yeah. I mean, that was the beauty of Wattpad for me was that it, I could be completely anonymous. Um, so I think for a good while, the friend who introduced me to Wattpad didn't even have me as a friend on Wattpad. Um, but I knew that if people didn't like the book, they probably weren't going to be mean about it. They just weren't going to read it. Um, and I was right. That was, that was a huge part of the Wattpad culture as well. It, you know, it was just so nice. So when people said they liked it and they couldn't wait for the next chapter, I knew that they meant it. And it wasn't just because they were my friend and they were trying to be nice and save my feelings. So that was that was a huge confidence boost for me in writing. Absolutely. I mean, the site has now 668 million books to choose from. It's yeah. kind of like it. it's a real it's a real cool thing because it means that people will sift through stuff and then when they see something where the voice matches them or it's the story that they want to read that's when they get into it and the kind of serial nature of it is fun because it it means that you're kind of building a friendship over time and how often were you updating this book um so I was aiming for kind of every four to five days something like that um because I was I was writing it for myself first and foremost, so I didn't post anything until I had, I think, about five five to eight chapters written already. And I thought, okay, this this story has legs. I'm going to write the rest of it. Um, and I knew that as a reader on the site, I liked having those regular updates. Otherwise, I'd start to forget about the book if it was too long between chapters. So I kind of tried to stick to those reasonably regular updates every few days for my reader's sake. Um, but it kind of kept me motivated to keep writing as well then. So I always knew that I wanted to be a few chapters ahead just in case I got like writer's block or I was going to be on holiday or something like that. Or, you know, taking exams at school, which was very much the case for a good chunk of while I was writing The Kissing Booth. It's amazing that you were balancing it while also doing GCSEs, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I really don't know what I was thinking at the time because I started The Kissing Booth in April, which is kind of, peak exam season start time for GCSEs and yeah looking back I, I don't know what possessed me <laughs> and what made me think that was a good idea to start writing a book but on the other hand it was always something I was just doing for fun so it was my way of unwinding. It, I, I think uh, that's one of the amazing things about it right if you're doing something for yourself it doesn't feel like work which yeah. is which is really cool. Um, and this success wasn't, was noticed. And so you had Penguin reach out to you. Mm-hmm. Um, which and I, at that point, I was kind of getting too many messages on Wattpad each day to read through them. But I would always try and read as many as I could. So it was really by chance that I even saw this message um, kind of sent to me privately by an editor. Um, it was Random House at the time, but yeah, Penguin Random House saying that they wanted to publish my book and I just kind of I stopped breathing for a minute and I tore the charger up my computer ran to my parents in the other room and I was like someone wants to publish my book like an actual publishing house and they both looked at me and they were like okay let's look at this lady up on LinkedIn let's check it's all legit things like that and we emailed her back set up a phone call um I think there were sort of three people from Random House on the call with us at that point. And my mum's sort of ho- hovering in the background and it was me and my dad. And my dad's trying to like 
lead the call on my behalf and act a bit like my agent and it was half term the next week this was like October November 2012 um and we me and my dad just went to their offices over half term for an afternoon they gave me like two tote bags full of free books so I, I was sold on that and then my dad's kind of arguing about like the force majeure contract clause and stuff like that but uh yeah, it all happened really quickly because then in December the ebook came out. So, whirlwind. So that so then you're away, um, but you kind of you didn't you kept this balance with your your career your um your science background as well because you went to university for physics. Yeah, I mean that was one of the first things my parents said to me when we realised that this this sort of request to publish my book was legitimate was okay but you still have to go to university and it hadn't even occurred to me that I wouldn't go to university because you know I wanted to and I enjoyed physics at school and that was what I kind of set my my that was just kind of what I decided I wanted to pursue and would link into this kind of this sorry words (laughs) it would link into this tech career that I wanted so it never occurred to me to not do that and similarly with the writing, it kind of never occurred to me to give that up, to focus on anything else. In in some way, they kind of balance each other out because it means in a lot of people, if they want to be a writer, then they kind of get a job in the writing space. And then often they're using these creative juices up when they're editing or working on other people's books or putting book plans together. But I think you've got something here where you're, where you, your career is much more science and data focused and then yeah. your pa- then your passion's creative so you get back from work and you've still got those kind of creative coins to spend yeah um, which you're doing in a really really awesome way um and so now you're a published writer and you're going to university to do physics um and and then there was a sort of like a little a little break almost um before the netflix before Netflix announced that the kissing booth was going to be made, yeah, I mean it was a it was a very sort of long, fairly uncertain process for a while, I guess, um, because we sold the um, or we optioned the movie rights to this company called Comics, um, who were like a small UK based production company. Uh, what was that March twenty thirteen? So really quickly after I'd signed the publishing deal, they had um, a partnership at the time with Penguin Random House. And then they kind of went off and were doing a lot of things on their side that I wouldn't really have, uh, I guess, they would keep me updated, but I wasn't involved in it. Um, So, like, they went off and got a script writer and I was able to see a script. And then, you know, they were talking to different companies about it until around 2016, I got that phone call that said, Beth, we're doing it with Netflix. And right at the start, actually, when they'd, when we first met them, it was at Paddington Station for a cup of tea. Um, and my dad was there as my sort of agent at the time, I guess. And they said at the time they wanted to produce it on as an online platform um, or a movie or TV show online, because that was where the, that was where the story started with Wattpad. And that was where my audience was. And that was before kind of Amazon and Netflix became the, you know, the major streaming sites that they are now in every household. So I remember thinking, mm, I'm not like, I'm not really sold on that, but you guys seem to know what you're doing. So then by the time they came 
with that phone call and said, Beth, we're doing it with Netflix. I was like, I was so right to trust you guys. This is like, this is everything I could have wanted. And then, um, so the movie, the movie came out to absolute incredible fanfare. And what, um, this is when working at Wattpad HQ, we started to hear all the buzz around it, but the buzz really came when Netflix dropped the trailer. Yeah. Because so the Netflix uh, HQ were like, wow, we haven't seen this much social engagement around a trailer before. And mm-hmm. tons of people are talking about being familiar with this from Wattpad. Yeah. I think, like, one of one of my favourite things to see was when people would say, oh, this looks like one of those kind of Wattpad stories or something written by a 15-year-old. And I would see Netflix replying to those comments saying, you're right, it was. That's exactly what this is. And there were a lot of people who would as soon as they realized that that was true and that was what the story was, they would just flip completely from that kind of derisive sort of haughty tone of the comment to, oh my God, that's incredible. What an achievement, how amazing. Now, I, now I'm now i really invested because like if something's gone from some teenager's room where they're posting on Wattpad to this, you know, this phenomenon with this trailer that's blowing up from Netflix, you know, that was, I think that was something that people were just really, I don't want to say inspired by because that sounds really uh, like I'm bragging a lot. But. No, I think it's completely correct is that it is inspiring um, because anyone could post their story into a Wattpad, right? It's, yeah. It is this open forum for to encourage writers to share their stories. Yeah. I mean, when I went to uh, WatCon in, in New York, I remember a couple of people who, you know, I knew of as, as a reader on Wattpad. I read all this stuff and they were saying to me like, oh, I really want to be the next Beth Recalls. And I was like, what? You you do? I, like, that's a thing? Because, <laughs> I, I, you know, like I said, there these writers like Jordan, and I was like, but I wanted to be you. So this, you know, it was a really weird dynamic for me, but especially kind of coming from, you know, complete obscurity and this really anonymous profile on Wattpad. So people are saying, I want to be you one day. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you can be because you know it happened to me so why not exactly and uh, after and and I think that's a it is really really interesting because you're a reader too right you love to read and you hung out on Wattpad as a reader so you know exactly what it's like uh, when an author has you kind of enthralled in their story and you you can't wait for the next upload yeah it's it's like some weird kind of torture but you can't stop yourself because you just get so addicted to these stories and you know you get to see that kind of personality of the author when they leave a little comment at the end to say like oh I'm on holiday next week so there won't be a chapter but you know I'll be back soon or really glad to hear you guys enjoyed the last piece or when they're just replying to comments and you just think oh my god wow this is a story I'm so engaged with this is a writer that I really admire and it's an actual person that I might be able to talk to because you didn't get that with kind of traditional publishing so much. You do a bit more now with things like Twitter, but Wattpad was where I kind of really first got a sense of that. And I think um, the Wattcons are a really kind of special place um, yeah. because people make an effort to 
to congregate there and some of them had come from all over the world like the mm -hmm. one you're at in new york uh, they had people that had come from australia from yeah. iran uh from turkey um all around the world to to meet each other and it it what was amazing is that actually quite a few people had n knew each other's books or had seen things that the other people yeah. had written i um there were so many writers as well that I connected with, like either from the start or over the last couple of years, that you get to meet them face to face at the at the WatCon and like the team behind Wattpad as well. And you just it it's always felt like this huge community that I'm a part of. So actually being able to do that in a physical space was it was just so surreal because you would fall like right into a conversation with this person feeling like they're one of your oldest friends from when you were like four and you both started school together when actually this is the first time you've actually met and yet you can be in a group of um small people that they've met who have they've actually who they're meeting someone sometimes for the first time who's actually read their book despite it yeah. being read maybe a uh, hundred two hundred three hundred thousand times online uh, this is sometimes for the author as well the first yeah. time where they're, where they're meeting people face to face yeah, uh, it's did, incredible. Did you have any experiences? Because uh, the kissing booth is so well, um, well read across. Did you have any experiences where you'd met people that did know who you were from Wattpad? Who didn't know who I was? Who, who, who did? Who did know? Oh. So, when... um, I remember actually in um, 2011, I went to um, a Fallout Boy concert, and I went on Twitter the next day, and someone uh, tweeted me saying were you at that Fallout Boy concert last night? Because I saw you, but I was too starstruck to say hi. I was like, no, I've never met one of my readers in real life. Like, you should have come to say hi. That would have been amazing. Um, and then kind of even after I was published, actually, there was this really long time where people would hear I was an author and say, oh, is there anything I might have heard of? And it would be really blank looks when I explained. But kind of now there's the instant recognition, even if they haven't read the book. Um, so I think Watcons were the first place where I actually really met people face to face who had actually read my book um, and you know wasn't my mum or my sister. <laughs> and, and now everything has kind of changed. With The Kissing Booth it was massive um, and then I remember going into my local bookstore here and seeing The Kissing Booth back republished front and center <laughs> Um, it, it was on like Canada's top summer reads um, oh and and that book kind of came back yeah had a bit of a renaissance I guess um, I mean I, I I definitely kind of saw a spike in um, comment, comments on Wattpad and messages on there because people were finding the book really quickly realizing that it came from Wattpad and then you know, going over there to connect with it. So actually when we published The Beach House, I was really clear with my agent from the start that that was going to stay on Wattpad because so many people were finding the film, finding the book, go, then finding my profile on Wattpad and they were reading The Beach House. And I thought that's something I really want to make sure I keep for my readers. And because Wattpad has had such a huge and special part of my entire publishing journey, I don't want to be kind of just erasing that or anything because you know, there's no need to, and I really don't want to. And and this is kind of um, 
I think this is really like a really special thing that you've done as well is keeping that content up means that you kind of keep that fan cycle going that reader cycle going right people hear about it on netflix uh they they search it find out it's from wattpad come to your profile read the original works and then they want it for their bookshelf or yeah. they they see the second book is coming out and how was it going back into the kissing booth world after a little bit of time away from it while it's kind of grown up into this big fandom and then and then uh, writing or re-editing the Kissing Booth too. I was it was really weird for the Kissing Booth too because I so many people on Wattpad had wanted a sequel, and I knew I didn't want to write it just as like a fan service kind of thing, or because my readers had asked for it, because I knew that I wouldn't be passionate about the book that way, and it would fall flat for my readers. Um, but I kind of had this nagging idea of a scene where. After Noah's gone off to college, he comes back for Thanksgiving and there's no spoilers. Uh, <laughs> some drama. We'll settle with saying some drama over Thanksgiving. And I really loved that idea. So I kind of started working on the sequel while I was at university and it went away. It came back again. I did some more edits. I was actually on the set of the first film trying to figure out what I was going to do with Lee's storyline in the next round of edits for the manuscript. Um so it kind of never really went away properly for me. Um, actually, when I sort of wrapped up on on the kissing booth too, I felt like I was grieving because I was like, oh, this is these characters have been part of my life for like seven years, eight years. What am I going to do without them? And then I got a phone call saying, oh, we'd like you to do a kissing booth book for World Book Day. I was like, thank God, okay, I get to I get to bring them back for a while. Um, so, yeah, it's, like I said, it just never really went away. And it's it's always been there. I feel like I've kind of almost grown up with the characters now, even though um, they were mine to start with. <laughs> and you, you have. And it's that is a it's a really, really interesting journey because the book was written so like quite a lot, long time ago. Yeah. Uh, it's had this resurgence and then it's kind of put writing, I think, really back on your agenda as well and I, I feel like I see new Beth Recall stuff coming out all the time <laughs> um and then you had a Christmas book that was out yeah um so that was that was um for well it's called an adult book because they're 20 somethings but whenever I call it an adult book I'm worried that it sounds a bit too Fifty Shadesy, which it's not <laughs> um no no shade nothing wrong with the, with the 50 shades but uh yeah I just I've always written the kind of book I wanted to read which was definitely the case with the kissing booth and kind of at the minute I've wanted to read a bit more about 20 somethings having that sort of quarter life existential crisis and just trying to figure out what they're doing with themselves and their lives and relationships and jobs so I I ended up writing the Christmas story and then sent it over to my agent like, oh, well, I, I, I did this if you would like to do something with it. And then they sort of were able to get it published, which was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I've, I've kind of given up on YA or anything like that because it does hold such a special place in my heart and it is still something that I really enjoy reading. And so what that leads kind of perfectly into what are you, what's, what are you working on for the rest of this year? Oh, what am I not working on? <laughs> um, so there's a, 
another adult 20-somethings book that I'm working on um, that I've actually just, I did the last few edits on it at the start of January. So my agent has sent it off to an editor and hopefully then I'll get a book deal for that. I've also started working on um, another Christmas book for 20-somethings, which I'm sure my agent was thrilled to hear that um, I'm a bit addicted to writing Christmas books now. Um, there, was a, there was a couple of bits around like the World Book Day book I was working on. I think there's another YA book that I'm hoping to be working on this year. Sort of, you know, my usual rom-com type thing. But all my stories end up featuring quite heavily on a bit of romance and those friendships because I think that was the thing with the kissing booth that really people really connected to was the friendship element with Ellen Lee and it kind of didn't turn into this just just purely a love triangle spoiler alert <laughs> I, th- I think exactly um that was definitely so, sort of part of the story that that differentiated it and and it had that kind of good like light-hearted feel and people watched it again and again it's something yeah. that people were re-watching um which was really interesting i've i've heard that there's also a fan fiction that you have floating around is that true i write a lot of fan fiction <laughs> um so when i say i worked on eight books last year it was like eight books plus about a dozen fan fictions really um I did actually publish a fan fiction on um, Archive of Our Own. It was a Game of Thrones one um, under a completely new pseudonym and stuff like that, just because I wanted to see how it would do. I actually, at one point on Wattpad, I created a new profile um, and posted something of a fantasy book I was working on, just because I thought, I don't want people, like, I I don't know why, but I kind of got this fear that people might be nice about it just because they liked my other books um so set up a new profile for that one um just to just to kind of see if people would enjoy it um but so mostly when I've shared them online it's just been a fun experiment more than anything else and how has that gone that's so cool it was it was several years ago now um I think I I sort of only posted a few chapters but it was just really nice seeing a response from people who didn't know who was really writing it, I guess, um, that kind of anonymity of it and not people going to it just because, oh, it's a Beth Recalls book, therefore I might like it. But thinking, oh, this sounds like like a, the story I want to be reading or that, you know, the writing was good enough in it or something like that. There's something very freeing about writing under a pseudonym. Yeah. Um, you can kind of do whatever you want and and just and just make up any idea without any pressure do, do you feel that the pressure is something that has increased a lot over the last little while for you um I think it had done um it sort of got to a point last year where I was working on different things and I thought meh I'm just gonna go back to what I used to do which is writing for fun and writing the kind of book I want to read which is how I ended up with like the Christmas book but I think a lot of that pressure kind of hit when I had first got my publishing deal and I thought oh no this is really serious I need to take myself seriously and then I realized that one of the things I do best is not taking myself seriously at all um I mean I I've been known to prance around in reindeer antlers in the middle of the town center so I am very much not a serious person and I think I, I just kind of made the mistake of 
trying to be a bit serious about things for a while. Um, and then kind of, I think I, my writing took a back burner while I was at university anyway, but it was actually kind of writing fan fiction that built me back up into going back to writing non-fanfic books, books that I would want to publish maybe. That's really cool. Um, and it is that, it is definitely that case of writing for fun, writing things that you want to read and, yeah. and just and just and just playing with it and kind of maybe tapping into that creative side um, that you can then create the habits that can then really um, give you that momentum to start creating these books. And you, you've written really well about um, your writing habits on the blog, which we've spoken about. But I feel like uh, you've also you've also written quite a bit about your 2020 goals. Yeah. And vision boarding. Would you be able to tell the listeners a little bit more about kind of some of those things that you've been doing? Yeah. So I think when I kind of moved out and started my job properly in 2017-18, I started realising then how I worked and that, you know, I like being productive and feeling busy. So if I've got too much time on my hands, I won't do anything. But if I feel a bit more pressured and I've got deadlines and things like that, I end up doing much more and I'm happier for it. Um, and there were lots of things that I always wanted to do, but because I never set myself any kind of timeline around them, they never got done. And I always felt disappointed in myself for not doing it. So in 2019, I started setting myself goals and a vision board for the year, um, whether that was finishing a manuscript or... Um, doing a certain type of interview or like on the vision board I've got doing a book tour and being on the red carpet for the Kissing Booth 2 premiere things like that which hopefully is going to happen and I I carried that on again this year just setting myself these goals like I wanted to make sure I finished learning my Portuguese course on Duolingo because I have so many Brazilian readers that are always messaging me and commenting in Portuguese that I thought well it would be nice if I could understand that and just reply even if it's to say thanks or I hope you like the book um so I've I've ticked that one off one of the things on my kind of vision board for the year was to do two podcasts so this is my second one actually and I'm really glad I could tick that goal off already in February but I kind of set I kind of break down that vision board and that sort of goals for the whole year into monthly goals and I have like a weekly to-do list going then which just helps keep me on track and it it helps me feel like I'm being productive and being busy, which, like I said, is something that's good for me and makes me happier and is how I work really well. So it's kind of helping me get more done but feel more fulfilled doing it. Absolutely. And and balancing these different projects, you're using Trello as well, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. So I use that for like all my books and my writing ideas and then for any blog posts as well. Um so one of the things with the adult book that we're hoping to sell this year um, that I really struggled with at the start was the timeline of it. And there were like these three main characters over quite a short period of time that just felt like it suddenly very quickly became a lot to keep track of. So I thought, oh yeah, just put it on Trello, break it all down, keep a list of it, update it as and when. And it worked really well, but it also helped them while I was in work or out shopping or something if I had an idea I'd be like oh brilliant just put it in Trello pick it up later 
Um, for those listening who aren't aware of what Trello is, Trello is a great uh, organizational kind of to-do listy um, app. Uh, it's it's on your laptop, on your phone. Um, we use it at work at Wattpad to organize our tasks. And I also use it for my novel. Um, so I thought it was really cool to see you doing that. Yeah, it's free, which is my favorite part of it. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those that I think because it works so well both on desktop and on your phone, it's so, it's like such a cohesive experience that it really helps you feel like you're not having to put in the work to make it work for you. It it's just there and it's handy and it's really sort of clean in the background, so it takes out like a bit of the mental pressure for you when you're trying to manage all that. It, it it does and everything meshes together so like you say if you're out and about on your phone it it, it all works and you can reorganize tasks as well um yeah. now switching from uh, very technical apps to red carpets uh, <laughs> how how was it when you you've been to see both the kissing booth in south africa and you had yeah. a fantastic cameo which we all cheered uh, we watched the kissing <laughs> as a side we watched the kissing booth uh, at Wattpad HQ so imagine um, we have a huge kitchen uh, imagine 200 people watching kind of this movie at the same time <laughs> uh, everyone's having a blast and then we saw Beth in the party seat everyone cheered um, <laughs> now w- what was it like going the first time and then the second time so the first time um my dad came out with me because my parents were like, you can't go to Cape Town on your own. One of us should go with you. Um, and, you know, we must meet Molly Ringwald while we're there since she's in the movie. Um, and I remember my, my dad and I got to set the first day we were there and they were filming the school council scene where Ellen Lee pitched the idea of the kissing booth. And I got plonked down on this, like, folding green camping chair that had... Um, like basically a piece of black fabric slotted over the top that said Beth Recalls on one side and the kissing booth on the other and I thought oh my god I've made it I have a chair with my name on it and I got to keep the the little sleeve with my name on as well which is great and they plumped me down on this chair in front of some cameras and screens and Joey King and Joel Courtney are on the monitors and i could not tell if they were performing as Ellen Lee or if we were not filming and they were just kind of goofing around and I just sort of knew instantly this was Ellen Lee this was perfect like I could not have dreamed it any better than this so it was just really surreal especially when kind of the, the cast would come up to me and say oh you're Beth you're the writer thank you so much and I was like what why are you thanking me like you you were literally making my dreams come true right before my eyes. Um, and the cameo that I got to do was really fun as well, just because, you know, who can say that they got to act in their own movie? Not well, not that there was much acting involved, but uh, <laughs> but it was it was really fun to like have a trailer and go and dress up with a couple of options from the costume department. Um, and then the second time around, I showed up to set one day and was asked had I already been to the costume trailers? And I was like, no, I'm really sorry. Was I supposed to? And they said, oh, no, you just look great. We thought you'd already been. I was like, wow, great. Thanks. My sister can never tell me I've got bad bad fashion sense ever again. Um, and the second time around, because I was only there for a week for the first film, I, I, I felt a little bit worried going back because they, they'd all obviously spent months filming together. 
and kind of forging all these really strong friendships and bonds. And I was a bit worried going back in, I would feel a bit of an outsider, but I did not get that for a second. As soon as I was back, everyone was, you know, I felt like I was part of the family as well. Um, like on the last night when I was in Cape Town, a bunch of us went out for some drinks and some food and all just hung out. And I remember the, again, it was an Ellen Lee scene when I was on the first day for the second film. And I sort of was plonked down on a chair in front of some monitors again. And then I just hear someone go, oh, my God, is that Beth Riekel's author of The Kissing Booth? And I turned around and Joey was there like, hello, I've just left makeup to come and say hi to you because I heard you were finally here. Um, so it was it was really surreal. Um, I, I got kicked off set one day a little bit because I didn't have a wristband and they thought I was just one of the extras trying to, like, get to the private part of set I guess and I was turned away um which was you know a, a good story for Twitter and for my parents <laughs> amazing that's uh I think what is it like then going back to the office on Monday after that your colleagues like oh where have you been um well, it was a bit less weird going back after the after those um compared to some of the other trips I've done for my books um I actually, I had a T-shirt that said, no photos, please, that I wore to the office my first day back after being on set because, you know, like I said, I don't take myself too seriously and I couldn't resist. But everyone wanted to hear about it and if I had any pictures, I could show them and just, like, tell them how amazing it was. Um, but the weirder one is when I've gone to Brazil for the Biennale do Livro because um, the kissing booth is just massive in Brazil. So I've flown to Rio I've been to Rio for a weekend and to Sao Paulo for a weekend um and I was kind of back in the office by Tuesday or whatever and people would say oh we haven't seen you in a couple of days did you have a long weekend did you go back to South Wales and see your family and I was like no I've been in Brazil and they like I remember the first time people laughed and they were like yeah okay sure you have so was it a nice time back in Wales? And I was like, no, no, genuinely, I've been in Brazil with bodyguards so that I don't get swarmed by like hundreds of fans and spend hours and hours signing books in a kissing booth. And they just sort of stare at me and be like, yeah, okay, that that's that sounds like the kind of crazy stuff that you do when you're when you're off being Beth Recalls. That's amazing, and I think. Yeah. I think part of, part of what you put this year, like you said, is hopefully a lot more author tours and, uh, yeah. and this kind of stuff happening. So looking forward to have more of those kind of conversations in the office on Monday after you got back uh, from, yeah. from more this year. Have you got anything solidly planned? Because I think people in the US, Canada, UK would definitely be excited to see Beth Riekel's The Author. I, I would love to, but I, I'd love to say that I have lots of stuff in the diary that I could tell people about, but I, I don't. Uh, there's a couple of things that I, I hope are going to happen and that I'll hear about sort of later in the year. But at the minute, I'm just kind of avoiding booking any holidays at work and saving all my leaves so that I can, you know, use it for maybe another trip to Brazil or maybe if I get to go to YA LitCon this year in London, things like that. Amazing. Um, so, Beth, Last few questions here. First one, if you had a time machine and could go back in time and tell yourself something, what would it be? Um, 
I think I'd probably go back to when I was like 15, kind of pre-kissing booth hype on Wattpad and just say, you know, it's okay to be as, it's okay to be weird and it's okay to be you. Because I, you know, I didn't tell people I was writing because I thought it was a weird hobby. I wasn't very open about like my love of physics or all things nerdy. And I really should have been because, you know, there was no shame in it. And I was so much happier once I started being like, yes, I'm a writer. Yes, I'm going to go study physics. Yes, I'm going to spend my weekend watching all the Star Wars movies and then some YouTube theory videos about them. That's amazing. I think, I think, uh, and that's something that's kind of come across, I think, in, in, in your blog as well you just say say look guys life's too short be authentic and in your instagram stories too you know you you do lots of q and a's and then i remember one particular you're just like i would have never had the confidence to do this when i was younger um yeah. hey everyone just be yourself and be proud to be yourself because you know there's there's people out there that are that are going to vibe with that in a true way yeah and if people don't then you don't do you really want them in your life anyway Exactly. Um, so, Beth, next question. Who who do you think should be on the podcast next? Well, there's so many, but I'm going to go with Kellyanne Blount um, because she's a fellow Wattpadder who, I know she's got some books coming out this year, but she's also having one of her books produced by comics as well. Um, and Rebecca Skye, um, who wrote the Arrowheart series, and I got to go to her book launch a couple of years ago in the UK and meet her in person. But I just think her writing is so fantastic, and I'm, I'm a really big fan of hers as well. Amazing! I would love to have both of those on on the podcast next. Have you have you written something with Kellyanne Blau? I feel like I remember hearing or reading something about that. Did you just do a co-novel or something? She's done a co-novel with um, Lynn Rush. Okay. I had them both on the blog doing a, a piece about how they co-wrote a book together. Oh, that's right. So cool. Awesome. And Rebecca actually did a project called The Cheaters Club like years ago while I was at uni. And she got a bunch of other Wattpad writers to do stories like kind of linked to it. So I did one of those. But I have to say I really dropped the ball on that one because it kind of fizzled out while I was with uni work and stuff like that. Well, hey, we'll get both of those those guys on the show I think that'd be really cool um Beth thank you so much for sharing your stories is there anything else you'd like to share with young aspiring writers um I'd say keep writing and to to definitely post on Wattpad just for that sense of community and for the confidence it gives you to see even like one or two people reading your book and just saying something nice like I can't wait for the next chapter that's a huge that's monumental when it's such a solitary activity. I, I agree with that. And to Wattpad is listening, hey, comment and vote. There's a reader my authors say that in every chapter. <laughs> yeah. But comments are like, they are like that rocket fuel for writers. Just even something short, like, hey, this is great. Don't give up. Um, because many writers are kind of battling their own demons and, and you can really help them finish their novels and create more Beth recalls uh, <laughs> in, in the world, which is what we need. So I've said it before, I'll say it again. Um, you can find Beth at www.authorbethrecalls.com. She's very active on Instagram at authorbethrecalls. And hey, you can just Google Wattpad Beth Recalls and you can find her there too. Beth, thank you so, so much for all this time. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. It was amazing talking to you and uh, we will speak again soon. Bye. Wasn't it so great having Beth on the show and hearing more about her story? and all the exciting things that she 
has got going on. Certainly got me fired up and inspired and I hope it did for you too. If you want to find out more about myself, you can do so at www.tejjohnson.com or just Google Wattpad Tim and I'm at Tim on Wattpad. See you soon for next week's episode.